0: But the question that I really want people to close on based on, you know, when you when you're sitting down with that interviewer to say, based on the resume that you reviewed today and our conversation, is there anything about our conversation here today that would lead you to believe that I'm not a fit for the position? Is there any question you may have that I could uh, that I could perhaps answer for you or clarify for you? And the great thing about that is if you close an interview like that, nine out of 10 times, the interviewer is going to look right at you, it's like a Jedi mind trick and they're going to look right at you and go, no, I think you're qualified for this position. I think you'd be great.
1: Welcome to the Discover Your Worth in Chicago podcast brought to you by ICI staffing.
2: We started this podcast to help job seekers in the Chicagoland market better increase their chances of not only paying their bills, but finding a position that can change their lives. Our goal is simple. We want to help you find your ideal position in Chicago. No filler, no BS, just pure, uncensored job seeking tips.
1: My name is Mark Meyer, the owner and president of ICI Staffing. And I am here today, joined by two key members of our team. Um, Eleni Stephanopoulos, who actually is leader of our team. And Brian Jones, who is one of our uh, most seasoned recruiters. So one of the most famous interview questions ever asked is when you interview for Google, whether it's true or not, I'm not absolutely sure, but I've read it several times. It's why is a manhole cover round? Do have either one of you heard this before?
2: Yes, we have. We've had long conversations
1: about it.
0: Uh, Yes, I have heard that question before. Eleni, why is a manhole cover round? So it doesn't fall in.
1: So when you consider that question, What do you think the, what do you think the reasoning behind asking that question? What is the employer looking for when a, that question is asked?
2: For people to think when you get asked that question, um, it shows off if you think logically, um, if you're able to think kind of quick on your feet, um, it makes sense once you know the answer. So I think they're just looking for a sharp individual.
0: Uh, I, you know, I have, I think in general, a lot of those questions, I think a lot of times when you find yourself in the middle of an interview and you get a really what you would kind of consider, you know, off topic or off kilter kind of question, a lot of times I think the interviewer is just looking to see how quickly and how calmly the interviewee might respond. That's a lot of times an instruction that I will give someone if you feel that you're getting, if you've just been thrown a question that's a curveball and it's an intentional curveball, I think the answer, in my opinion, uh, the answer is not nearly as important as in terms of how quickly you respond to it and how composed you are uh, thinking on your feet.
1: Have you ever thought of a time when the interviewer would throw off the, your candidate?
2: yeah I actually have a client that purposely he does this on purpose um he starts swearing during a during a interview to see if the candidate breaks down and starts swearing as well because he's like this person needs to go on client visits and meet with my clients. so if they act very casual, I don't want them to start acting extremely casual with them I want them to stay professional so he does that in an interview and it's interesting because I have to like I warn certain candidates like hey don't get too comfortable he still wants someone extremely professional he wants someone still like you know that shows up and is actually you know pretty classy when it comes to everything um and some people do feel it interesting mm-hmm. i've had one person feel it actually
0: a lot of times when i'm talking to a candidate that's really kind of oftentimes the focus of my interview prep is to, I don't know, maybe this will come off poorly, but I kind of like, rather than let the interviewer dictate the interviewee, I kind of like, since I, I'm concerned about the interviewee, I would like to see them make any kind of adjustment or flip the flip the script where now they have greater control. They don't have complete control, but a lot of times I'll suggest to an interviewee, you know, when there is that moment to interact, uh, I always make the suggestion about inquiring, you know, about the position, for, for example, saying something along the lines of, you know, for the person that you want to be, uh, that you want in this role, what would you like to see them achieve, see them achieve in the first six to 12 months that they're on the position, in the position? And I th- always think that's a great question because it gets the it gets the company and the representative that you're interviewing with to kind of talk about some of maybe the firm's shortcomings or where they need help. And during those moments, you can really see, you know, you can really formulate a a response where you can show your value to that company. But at the same time, you're doing, you're taking a little bit of time to take some control in the interview. And it's not just being strictly dictated to you. The thing that I always, I remind every one of my candidates, nine out of 10 times you go into an interview, the interviewer is as nervous as you are, if not more so, because nine out of 10 times, the person that's interviewing you, interviewing is not what they do. So that's just always something that I tell people to keep in mind.
1: Wow, some great nuggets there. Um, you, you mentioned something that uh, I think most listeners won't be accustomed to hearing, and that's interview prep. Can you briefly expand out on interview prep and what that means and what the value of that is?
0: Sure. I mean, there's a lot of things that would be standard interview prep, making sure that uh, a particular candidate has reviewed the company. And is able to, you know, go into an interview. These are kind of the obvious things where you're able to go into an interview and and show that you've researched the company, researched the position. Um, but then there's a, a number of other things where you want to make sure, you know, the anytime you're looking for a job, a lot of times the, the the standard questions in someone's mind can be, what are the days, what are the hours, how much does it cost, or how much, uh, what is the salary. Those are not the questions that you want to be coming up in an interview. So as much as possible, when I'm doing an interview prep with someone, I try to steer them along the lines of thinking about the company and thinking about what what the company wants from the person that will take this role. And it kind of gives an an interviewee an insight into how they should be presenting themselves.
2: The biggest problem is a lot of people, when we prep everyone for a job interview, what do they ask? They're like, okay, I have my list of questions. And I'm like, well, what happens if they answer all of those before it even comes time to, you know, for your part to ask questions. And I would say probably like, what do you think? Like nine times out of 10, they have all the questions already answered throughout the interview. So at the end they have, they don't have these good questions that we'll ask or we'll give them like, Hey, tell me about um, the qu- qualities and characteristics of a candidate. Tell me about what you guys look for, uh, look for in a individual to add on to the staff or, you know, Hey, where am I going to, you know, if I was in this role for a year this time next year, how would you expect me to grow within the position? So it's kind of showing them and kind of explaining to them that and preparing them basically on how to represent themselves the most accurate way.
1: To kind of expand on that just briefly, can you share the role of a, a recruitment firm like ourselves in an inter- interview prep and why it's important?
2: Um, for example, if we, cause we are dealing with a client. So if we have a client that is saying, Hey, we want someone who's very bubbly. We want someone who's very outgoing. We want someone who is, you know, has all these type of personality traits. Um, We're going to be those individuals that will help them explain who they are without saying, oh, yeah, I'm a really bubbly person. We're like, oh, well, you're going to have to showcase that. So explain how in your previous job you were extremely outgoing and how you took initiative and we'll coach them through it. I guess, like coach them through it, kind of prepare them for everything, kind of be an advisor on how to ask the questions and how to represent themselves.
1: Can you share one or two amazing stories from when a interview turned into a job? Do you have an example of where you were helping someone prep, but they would not have gotten the job had you not been there to help with the prep or that they went in where By going through this extra effort, it put them clearly over the top.
2: I think there's some that we, we can't say for sure, but we kind of have a hunch that it did help because we've had candidates. I know Brian's had a candidate that he's been working with for, you know, a year and she goes on interviews and she just doesn't get it and everything. And since then we've gotten feedback and we've improved how she answers questions and make her feel more comfortable. So I think a lot of situations like that do occur. Um, I do think a majority of the recent college grads, we do help will, you know, coaching them through what to say, how to say things. I know that we had a girl that got placed for what was it like $12,000 more than she even was wanting. And she was so happy. And it's because I really did coach her through a lot of the process on how to kind of ask for the correct amount of money or not even asking, but just kind of proving her worth as well.
0: Uh, I I remember one. It was it was from a, a few years ago. Uh, but I had a candidate, and uh, this young woman was interviewing at a number of companies. Her previous employer, uh, it was a bad situation, and she was really upset about how things ended. And she would go on interviews, and I could tell the feedback that I would get for. some I knew she was a very good candidate, but I could tell that some of the feedback from the feedback from some of our clients. That she came off as, you know, up, upset or at times ag- aggressive. She was still carrying the old baggage from her previous employer into these new into uh, into her job interviews, and it was something that after work I called her, just went into a side conference room and just had a a, a fairly lengthy conversation about her. That instead of focusing on her resume improving her resume or what she's wearing that perhaps there i'm getting feedback that may that may be indicating saying to me that there's something she's she's carrying a certain presence a certain attitude into her interviews that is coming off negative she's just coming off very negative and it was one of those things where as i started to talk to her about about this issue she started to become angry again about her previous employer. Well, if I wouldn't be in this position if they would have just dot, dot, dot. I said, well, okay, well, for example, right there, you we weren't talking about your previous employer and that did come into the conversation. Is there any chance that that could be happening in a way that might feel unrelated to an interviewer with another company? And then she kind of saw what I was, she understood what the message I was trying to send to her. And we, uh, she took it to heart was very conscious of it when she went in to present herself the next time, remembered to be very positive about her previous employer. She didn't sugarcoat things, but she was very positive about her previous employer and left it at that. And then she, the next interview that she went on, she scored the job, but it was something where going through the process with her, believing in her, believing, you know, looking at her resume, knowing she was qualified, uh, there was just something that she was missing. And, you know, it's unfortunate, but I think anyone that would be listening to this podcast can think about a time when they know they nailed the interview, they walked out of the office, they felt they had it, and then they never heard from the client again. In fact, that almost le- it, it leads into another question I tell every one of my candidates to close on. Even outside of, you know, I always want them to say, oh, I'm very excited. What's the next step in the process? Show interest. But the question that I really want people to close on based on you know when you have, when you're sitting down with that interviewer to say based on the resume that you review, reviewed today and our conversation is there anything about our conversation here today that would lead you to believe that I'm not a fit for the position is there any question you may have that I could uh, that I could perhaps answer for you or clarify for you And the great thing about that is if you close an interview like that, nine out of 10 times, the interviewer is going to look right at you. It's like a Jedi mind trick, and they're going to look right at you and go, no, I think you're qualified for this position. I think you'd be great. And here they are looking at you and saying you'd be great for this position. The one out of 10 times that they don't say that, that's great because now you can at least address the situation right there and not have that uh, have that opportunity where you got up, walked out of the interview, thought you nailed it, but then you never hear back from the client. The client might say, well, you know what? We're actually looking for someone with an MBA. And it gives you an opportunity to say, oh, well, maybe you didn't see on page two. I do have my MBA from this school. Oh, I didn't realize that. There, there's something that you can address. This young woman that I was working with previously that was, I feel, blowing interviews because she was carrying anger from her previous employer into these interviews, you might get an honest interviewer who would say, you know what, based on your resume, based on what you told me to do, you seem like a fit, but I'm just curious. You seem to be angry, still angry about how the last position ended. Would you really rather be back there? Then you may have that opportunity to go, oh, that's the impression that I was leaving. And at the very least, you can at least try to salvage it in that moment. Uh, So that's something that I always uh, suggest to my uh, candidates. I think
1: those are some great words of wisdom right there. Uh, I I, I love that last question uh, that you asked the candidates or the people interviewing for the job to ask. Um, You know, it almost sounds like a recruiter is a career coach. Um. Can, can you expand on what the difference between a career coach would be and what a recruiter would be?
0: Well, I think initially, I, I mean, I think the the one thing that you want to keep in mind is uh, when you're talking to a recruiter as a candidate, yes, that recruiter is going to be your advocate, but they are also working on behalf of, or keeping in mind a very specific client, a career coach you know, they're not necessarily, they're not necessarily just looking in terms of just one specific, one specific client. So they're really, I, I think a recruiter or a career coach, they're both tremendous tools, but I think it's important that people keep in mind that they they are two different things. With a career coach, I think you're going to get an, an excellent general sense of where you should be going When you're working with a recruiter, it's more on the execution side of where specifically you're going to go, Uh, but you do, you know, you always want to keep in mind that on on the when you're talking to a recruiter, you know, they have a specific client that they are working with as well. They are your they are your advocate. They certainly wouldn't present you to a client if they didn't feel that uh, they could stand up for you. Uh, but at the same point, they are also working with a client. A career recruiter, uh, a career counselor, might not have specific connections, might not have a specific path for you. But if you're looking for general guidance, I think that you know that can certainly be an, an excellent option. Can
1: you just describe where? Recruiters get compensated and how career yep. coaches get
2: Yeah. So recruiters,
1: recruiters get paid um from the client.
2: So for example, we'll have XYZ company, they will come to us and say, Hey, we need an administrative assistant. This is how much we want to pay, um, so and so forth. And then we go ahead and find the individual. Um, a few times we'll act a little bit more as a, I guess, career counselor. If we have a great candidate that reaches out to us, we'll say to them, Hey, you live over here. Or you ideally want this. Um, let me go reach out to them. Let me see if I have a contact over there and see if I, if they have a job opening. So it kind of works both ways. So we do get paid by the employer. Um, career counselors do get paid by or get paid from the actual Candidate that's looking for a position, so that is the main difference between it. But sometimes recruiters can blur the line very much so because we do we we know a good candidate when they come in the door, and if they exactly know what they want, why not? Um, you know, when I actually target certain and I market to certain clients, why not actually just go after them because I already have the candidate? So it works out that way.
1: Can you possibly explain some questions that may be asked specifically if you're applying for a position in? insurance or one that might be a legal career or one that's just general back office. Is there any difference in the questions that, that you'll be asked?
2: Um, yeah. You know what? With insurance there are different questions with legal. They're very, what are the three categories? So legal insurance and finance. Yeah. Um, Insurance definitely. Because if someone knows that they want to go into insurance, they already have an idea of what type of end goal that they would have. So if they want to become an underwriter, if they want to become a broker or if they want to become an account executive, you know, so on and so forth, whenever it comes to the title, like that's a very, that's one of the most important questions that a a hiring manager will ask for a recent college grad that just got their degree in insurance or have had one year of experience. So that's a really important one because, I wouldn't want to hire someone at an independent agency that's like, yeah, I eventually want to go and become an underwriter. It's like, okay, you're going to only be here for like two or three years and then you're going to leave. But if they're like, yeah, I want to be a broker, then ding, ding, ding. That's a great candidate because you're able to have a long-term growth at this, um, at our company. So a lot of people ask that legal. I think legal, a lot gets thrown at you in legal. It's not, it's very fast paced. So they ask a lot of like stress questions. So, how do you handle stress? How do you handle a lot of tasks being thrown at you? How do you handle, um, you know, overtime? Sometimes like you'll work 30 hours a week in legal and then the next week you're working like 50 hours. So they'll ask individuals if they're comfortable with that. Um, certain things like that. Finance, I feel finance is very detail-oriented type of questions. So I had a, I had a client that actually asked, about, asked a candidate um, when they were interviewing. So how do you organize your closet? And the girl kind of was like, Oh, that's an interesting question, but I do color code it and I do sleeve length it. And they're like, okay, you're a very organized person. Like, then they knew that they wanted them as an admin because they're naturally extremely organized. Um, you know, how do you keep your purse? Do you have a bunch of things in there or are you very like clean and neat with it? Um, so a lot of, different type of questions will come out of finance because they care a lot about how neat, how clean, how everything's presented.
1: When you're going through your selection process for which candidates to present, what's important to understand?
2: What I look for in a candidate. Um, I really do like candidates that are very down to earth, that are open-minded. Uh, so, cause sometimes I'll have certain clients that will come to me and say, Hey, I have this profile. And if I reach out to a candidate, I'm like, Hey, I have this position. It's at this type of company. And they're like, Oh, I'm not interested in going into that. I'm like, well, it's exactly what you're really looking for. It's just not on paper. What is explained to you? It kind of I I like working with candidates where they're very open minded. They're like, Yeah, I you know, I'm open to exploring that. Yeah, I'm very open to hearing about that opportunity. It's very easy to work with individuals that don't have that preconceived notion on how their first job should be or how their career should go. Because in reality, we all kind of don't know exactly where we're going to be in the next 10 to 15 years. And that's fine. And for individuals to actually be very self-aware and understand their flaws and their positives and know that it's not going to be the exact career path that they think at this point, and they're just pretty down to earth about everything, those candidates are really easy to work with. And those are typically become the most successful ones
0: as well. I really, speaking from the, uh, from the mindset of being open-minded, I do like when I'm speaking to someone, a candidate that's on a specific career path. And as we're talking, they even kind of do have in mind They have in mind other avenues that they could travel down that they would educate me on where they would be able to say, well, this is what I do in this industry. But, you know, that skill set also transitions over nicely into X, Y and Z. I like someone because it shows that they're open minded, but that they're really proactively thinking and and maybe even can give me ideas of someone that I could perhaps explose to a client that perhaps I wasn't thinking of until... I sat down with, uh, until I sat down to uh, chat with them.
1: Staying on this culture vein, because one thing I have heard out in the workplace is the importance of culture in finding a successful fit for their office. And and that is one of the key factors in the office dynamic. Could you explain some questions that might be asked in an interview that help identify what your corporate culture attitude may be?
2: I think the one of the main questions is kind of streamlined through interview processes is they'll ask if you see your coworker that is having trouble in a project, are you the type of person to step back and let them figure it out? Or are you the type of individual that will um, step in and try and assist them? Some places don't like other people butting into their business and some places like other people butting into their business. Um, so we have a lot of law firms that say, if someone's that type of person, that's like, Oh, you know, you should do it this way or you should do it this way. Oh, let me help you with that. Some law firms that we have, they're like, we don't want anyone like that. We want someone that's just going to sit there, do their work, mind their own business. For example, ICI, I've heard Brian on the phone. Brian's heard me on the phone, um, And we say certain things to candidates. And after we get off the phone, it's like, oh, you should have said it this way. This might have sounded better. And we learn from each other. It's like a big like, collaborative office in a way. And that's how our culture is. So if we have an individual that just wants to sit there and not speak to us all day, it's not that they would be bad for a company culture. They just won't embrace it. And they won't make it better or not make it better, but expand it, I guess. (laughs) Is that the best way to describe it?
0: I think it's important that when you're bringing someone into the fold, that they care about the corporate culture, but they also care and try to find out ways where they can contribute to it. What questions
1: can the candidate ask to find out if the corporate culture may be something they would be interested
2: in? So I think Brian and I touched on this before, but when you ask certain questions, why is this position open? And so they say, oh, this position's open because the person that was in it actually left. That's when you can dive in and say, what qualities and characteristics that they had that made them successful? What kind of personality traits did they have? What did they bring to the office that made them a positive addition? If they're leaving because they weren't a good fit, then it's the same type of question, just a little bit tweaked in a way. So for example, if I'm interviewing for a XYZ company and I'm interviewing for an office manager position and the office manager left because they're going back to school or they're, you know, be, being a stay-at-home mom or whatever it would be furthering their education it could be a bunch of different things I would ask well were they a successful addition to your staff did they improve your staff did they improve your company culture and that those are perfectly fine uh, questions to ask because then your follow-up would be what quality qualities and characteristics did this individual have because you want to see if you're matching what they're looking for because you're interviewing them just as much as they're interviewing you.
1: So this has been, I think a lot of great information has come out today. I mean, I have learned a lot. Like the question is, how did, you, how did you phrase that question again, Brian? That Each candidate should ask in an interview at the end.
0: Oh, was there uh it's always a key question that I suggest people ask, uh, when you come to the end of the interview, uh, I always like them to close on, you know, based on your, uh, the resume that you reviewed today and our conversation that we had, is there anything that would lead you to believe that I'm not a fit for this position? Is there any question you may have or anything I could clarify for you?
1: You know, this has been a really great podcast and I think a lot of great information. One thing I learned was the closing question that Brian posed. Is there anything that leads you to believe I would not be a great fit for this position? I think that is a key question that you, everyone should ask at the end of their interview. Um, that that was uh, an eye-opening moment for me. Closing thoughts uh, about questions that you should ask in an interview or things you should be prepared for.
2: When you go on an interview, I think the best thing: breathe before you go in there. It's not you know, it's, it's not do or die when you go in there. It's just, it's just an interview. It's not anything that's, it's important, but at the same time, If they like you for you, that's all that really matters. And that will showcase, even if you're nervous, even if you're not nervous, I've had clients that have reached out to me like, I can tell she was really nervous and I know nerves get the best of people. She didn't elaborate off of this, but I wanted to ask you, can you clarify this type of stuff? So people are not as judgmental and not as horrendous, I guess you could say on the other end. So, you know, have fun when it comes to, interviewing because, I mean, why wouldn't you have fun? You you want to work in a fun environment. You want to work at a place where you're going to actually enjoy it. That starts at the interview.
0: Yeah, and something that I would also always remind people as well is, um, you know, when you're going into an interview, I mean, sometimes it might help settle your mindset to even think that you're actually interviewing this company as well to see if they're a fit for you. You know, I think that's always a key when you're going into an interview is to take as much power as you can, whether it's the questions that you're asking or whether it's simply the mindset um, of of going into the interview, trying to have fun, a positive experience. But but also, you know, when you wake up the morning of an interview, there's no reason to be panic stricken. You have enough power to walk in there and go, you know what? I don't think I want to work at this company. And that can be really refreshing and stabilizing for someone that feels you know, they're waking up in the morning and there's this anxiety of, I hope they like me. I hope they're impressed by me. Well, they have to impress you too. I think that's always an important thing to keep in mind. And it's, I think it's kind of maybe an empowering thing to remind yourself before you go into that interview.
1: So what I'm hearing you say that when you interview realize that the job is a fit to be made, not a prize to be won. And I think that's a uh, great advice. Best of luck for you out there. If you're looking for a job or if you are um, considering a career change, please feel free to contact us at ICI Staffing and we will help you through the process. Thank you for listening. I hope this has been informative. I hope you choose to join us again uh, as we carry on our series and just try to help you navigate the waters of the unknown. Uh, Finding a career and finding a job, this can be a very stressful thing. And we're here to try to just make that process a little bit easier. Thank you for listening.